Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now joined by Kevin McPherson, that are known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Good afternoon, Kevin. What did you learn today about the Arkansas Razorback basketball team? Whew, a long way to go, Randy. <laughs> oh, really? They're not going to win the not national just to get home championship? From Spain. Mm-hmm. Not just to get home from Spain and Italy. That's a long travel. Okay, uh, yeah. But there's a, you know, you, you started to see what happens when you've got 11 newcomers. And um, I thought it was interesting that the two veterans today, Kamani Johnson and Devo Davis, were probably the most steady hands consistently. You know, Davis... And, and Nick Smith matched each other with team high 17 points. But, you know, uh, Arkansas gets out of it. And then Kamani Johnson with a double-double. He had 10 points and 12 rebounds, nine of those rebounds on the offensive end in a game where Arkansas did dominate the glass. But I thought those guys really, you know, were kind of the steady hands, the two returnees. And there were seven players in double figures and some other solid performances. But when you have 23 turnovers and you start the game out like that, really struggling to take care of the ball, and you get down by eight. You, you trail by four after the first quarter. Arkansas did go up by ten briefly in that second quarter. You know, a modest six-point lead at halftime. And then really most of the second half, they would, you know, they get into double-digit lead. It could never pull away. When you have that many turnovers, 23 again, when you're, when you're plus ten or minus ten in fouling, Arkansas was whistled for 25 fouls compared to Catalan's 10, 15, 10 point, 10 turnover difference and then it resulted in a plus nine in free throw attempts for the for the opponent so when you struggle with turnovers and 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 the other team's kind of living at the line even when you start to maybe find some of your gears and transition which i thought arkansas did uh the other team could put the other team away so you know arkansas led by as many as 16 in that third quarter Caroline opened the fourth hitting a couple of threes whittled it down to eight Davis kind of took off from there. Devo had 11 points down the stretch, including a, a three-point uh, make off the bounce. Uh, but you, if you if you look through the game, seven and double figures. We mentioned Kamani Johnson's double-double. Arkansas won the rebounding battle 41-22. But you look at Jordan Walsh, who during a stretch when Arkansas was trying to overcome that first-half deficit, he had six consecutive points, a couple of those on dunks off of nice passes from Anthony Black, the talented freshman point guard. Um, so he finishes with 12, Walsh does 12 and seven, seven rebounds. Uh, Ricky Council had 13 points. He had, took one three and made it 13 points, uh, seven rebounds. Uh, he had three assists. Uh, Trevon Brazil, the 610 uh, transfer from Missouri with all that length and athleticism, 14 points, very efficient shooting seven to 10 from the field. Uh, had a couple of blocks, but you know, he only had one rebound. Um, and then I look at Barry Dunning Jr., second game in a row where he scored in double figures, reached 10 points on five of eight shooting. But early on when Arkansas was struggling and he checked in, he, he scored a couple of times to help Arkansas kind of initially get back in it. Uh, but I thought he played a really good game. Uh, and I'm probably leaving someone out here in the scoring uh, because there were seven in double figures. So we had Smith and, and, and Devo with 17 each. Brazil with 14, Council with 13, Walsh with 12, that's five, um, 10 for Dunning, and I think someone Kamani else, had, oh, 10 points for Kamani, who had right. the double-double. Right. 
Do you, I got them all. Do you think, <laughs> Kevin, based upon how the game played itself out, that it forced Eric Musselman into basically going with the rotation that he's kind of got in mind, maybe for the regular season. That is, uh, I counted eight players who basically played any, quote, significant time in the game. And even though Jalen Graham started the game, I didn't see him back in the game until the latter stages of the game itself in the fourth quarter. So do you think the nature of the game, I mean, we did not see Joe's opinion. Uh, we saw maybe 23 seconds out of Darian Ford, and that was in the fourth quarter. Um, to match his jersey number, and then he had that backcourt violation and came yep. right back out. Yeah. Now, and I think it's we... a good point. Mikel Mitchell and Jalen Graham both started, both played. You know, I think one played seven minutes, the other eight. Um, you know, the other Mitchell twin, Makai, played three minutes. Like you said, Pennon didn't play. Dunning ran, you know, basically ran half court once and came out right. after that turnover. So, um, you know, it was a rotation of eight. The interesting part of it is we see Kamani Johnson putting up numbers and really having an effect at both ends because of his physicality. He's an under-the-rim player. We keep talking about all these guys soaring and flying and dunking, and he's a guy that's just in there just carving up space, getting rebounds, stick backs, getting the free throw line. He was 6'6 six, six the line. But this is not the caliber of athlete or quickness that Arkansas is going to see in its season, I don't think, even though this was a better opponent than the first one. And I don't know how much Kamani, you know, how much difference that makes in his game and how it's going to, how, it's going to, how effective it will be in different kinds of comp- competition. Having said that, he, he's, been the, he's been the most reliable rebounder. And, again, I just, he just battles on that offensive end. And so he's a guy that might be right now – at least finishing up this tour, we'll see if things change. Uh, fighting, uh, fighting for a, a place to keep his place in the rotation because he was certainly there in that top eight today. You know, I thought Trevon Brazil. I'd like to see a little more from him on the glass. One rebound today, although he was effective swatting or attempting block shots, he had two and altered some more. And he's just fabulous around the basket. We still haven't seen him stretch the floor yet, but we know that he can because Musman's talked a lot about it. They see it in practice. He did it some at Missouri, 33% three-point shooter, which is not bad for a guy 6'10 and, you know, taking at least one a game, so we'll see. Um, But, again, I think, you know, like Nick Smith Jr. struggled with turnovers. He did in the first game. Anthony Black did. They they were kind of – they they had the ball stolen from him out of the gates, and, you know, opponent goes down and scores an easy layup. They made adjustments to some of that, but they never took care of the ball as a team. Uh, multiple guys with, with multiple turnovers. Um, but at the same time, Randy, I, I don't know uh, that Mossman's not going to still give guys a chance in this next game. It depends on how they start out. But they started so poorly, there really weren't opportunities to get some of these guys more minutes. And I think you're right in the sense that he went with the guys that he figured gave them the best chance to make sure they come out of there with a win. Mm-hmm. And again, 16-point lead in the third quarter, Whittled down to eight, went back to 17 in the fourth quarter uh, when they when it was really out of reach at that point. But you know, Arkansas, Musselman was not pleased at all in this post game press conference. I don't care where it is, when it is, or what sport it is, whatever. 
he wants to win. He doesn't want to be embarrassed uh, doing so. And I think he was a little bit uh, back to the drawing board type of mentality uh, when he talked about it. Well, Kevin, after the first game, people were calling our show saying, well, that's a national championship team. So this probably in the long run was better for them to play a closer game and a game they can coach from. The other thing that strikes me is when we're talking about all these new guys and all these five stars and three stars, four or four stars, have we ever even mentioned Kamani Johnson as being a factor on this team? And in the first two games, you could argue he's been as good as anybody. Right. And I just went through that. But I've always said that even if there were guys like him and Graham uh, and maybe one of the Mitchell twins that were going to be right there on the fringes of the rotation if they weren't in it, um, you know, because this is what's happening two years in a row where most of we've had to make tweaks and, and change it up at mid-season, you know, even in mid-January. Here we are in August. So I don't know that we can take a whole lot from it in two games uh, other than to say, you know, every time you put Kamani on the floor, he's going to war. That's how he plays. He's so physical. He's so good at, like I said, carving out space. Uh, and then getting to the ball because he's not going up above the rim and challenging people there to get the rebounds. He's walling guys off, sealing them, and then hustling to the ball. And then he can take contact. So you're not going to just rip it away from him or he's going to fumble it away. He's going to secure it. Uh, But, yeah, those are things you can build around, uh, especially when you've got backcourt players and wings who so far have been providing most of the production. Um, outside of Johnson's, you know, 10 or so points, what you're really getting from him are those hustle plays uh, and a little bit of offense from, you know, some nice offense from Brazil, but little else from the other bigs. And so when you've got offensive firepower on your back in your backcourt wing, it's not, it's nice to have an enforcer like Kamani getting those offensive rebounds, helping set guys up for second chances and making sure Arkansas wins possessions to, to, you know, help fuel their offense. I thought, though, Kevin, the majority, or it seemed to me, the majority of the turnovers was what I call hully gully ball. I mean, we're, we're going to just sling it either um, uh, misadvised, uh, skip pass, or a uh, home run ball they're trying to throw. I mean, just these, yeah. to me, you can clean up quite easily. And that's just valuing the basketball and not taking as many what now appears to be risk as it turned out. But I thought a lot of those mistakes that they were making uh, certainly can be cleaned up, I would think, quite easily. I think you're right because you, they were – I think they got a, they got kind of comfortable after game one because it was so easy. Mm-hmm. And I think in this game they didn't respect the opponent in, in some of these plays where – they tried to throw the home run ball and didn't, you know, just assume their guy was going to be able to get, you know, was going to be able to get to it first. Or they, you know, they tried to be clever with a pass and the defender was all, all right. over it and got a steal across the lane and got it. There was also a lot of whistles, guys, I guess, stepping on the sideline. I mean, there were so many lines yeah. on the court. I mean, it, it looked like hopscotch on steroids. There was no way to know. What, I mean, you know, I don't know how they knew where they were out there, but there was a lot of whistles. I think guys just stepping on the, the sidelines or baseline, probably not aware that which line was which. I'll, you, I'll make excuses for them a little bit, uh, but there were a lot of those turnovers too. 
Um, you know, and I thought Musman put a tweet out in two games. Arkansas has been whistled for 40-something fouls, and their opponents like half that amount, somewhere in that neighborhood. And that's what's going to happen in international ball for teams in the United States when they go there. I've seen it so many times. I'm not going to put it all on the officials. Sometimes they're adjustments that are hard to make um, for, for players from, from here. Uh, but at the same time, it seems a little uh, – you know, it seems a little lopsided there, and it certainly helped this team out. I do think, had the aside from the turnovers, because Arkansas forced 20 defensively, so they were minus three in that department. But I think aside from that, all the, the lopsided whistle calls really kept the other team in it. Or this is probably more like a 20 to 25 point win. Uh, there is some mugging that's going on uh, underneath the basket, <laughs> and. Uh, no, I mean there there is some full fledged <laughs> contact, and you yeah. almost got to be chopped in half before you can expect the whistle. On uh, well, yeah, one play, on I think opponent. Anthony Black just got cleared out of the lane by an offensive player, a post player trying to get an entry pass, cleared out Anthony Black, sent him to the floor right in front of everybody. <laughs> Guy catches the pass and lays it in, and you can see Ronnie Burr at the end of the bench, and the whole staff kind of, you know, almost like a, a domino effect. Everybody's instead of falling down, they all jumped up with their, you know, their arms out in disbelief that there was no offensive foul call. Uh, but anyway, that was one play. But yeah, there, there's a lot of dip- there were times when there were players for this team taking shots from three, and they would immediately react as though they got hit or fouled. And, and complained to the official when there was no contact. They were literally flopping in mid-shot. One guy made the three-pointer when he was doing it. I was shocked by it that he was mm-hmm. able to convert when he was already in the process of, of crying foul and looking like he got shot. Yeah, he thought Anthony Yeah, I think Anthony Black, he, he thought may have got him. or is either Black or, or Jordan Walsh. I couldn't remember, but... Uh, uh, I, you know, I asked this of Joe earlier, and I'll ask it of you because obviously you watch the Flow Sports feed that that I watch or stream that I watch. Did the goal on Arkansas's end, and I'm sure the one on the other end was corresponding, but the one, the goal that was on the end by the Arkansas bench, it did not look in the middle of the court, Kevin. It looked like it was. <laughs> Ten feet away from the Randy, Arkansas who knows bench. Where the middle of the court was, there were so many lines. It, it, it looked like some di- diagram. Maybe that's, know, it was the lines that threw me off. I don't know. It looked like an astrological diagram. That was, it was just a tough. You know, I, I'm sure the players. You know, it seemed like Arkansas never adjusted because they kept getting whistled for those stepping out of bounds on you know play, plays and, um, I, I you know again. The positives are you had multiple guys step up in, in stages of the game where it was where the you know the score was close. Seven players scoring in double figures I think is a good sign. The plus nineteen in the rebounding was a good sign. Um, you know I think the turnovers and the fouls and we can debate whether or not some of those fouls you know was a little bit lopsided there. Were they quality calls? Some non calls maybe on the other team. But when you when you're having that many mistakes, I think. You understand why Melsman was upset in the post. Oh, absolutely. Press conference. Absolutely. I didn't realize that uh, you could run 
with the basketball, uh, okay, there's either a turnover or maybe a foul called, and the opposing team, which, oh, by the way, was a bunch of pros, uh, the team that they were supposed to play originally backed out, and these were pros from the local area who came together, did a pretty good job of putting together, you know, competitive bunch. Um, but I would notice, Kevin, uh, the guy that once the referee handed the ball to the to the player, he'd take two or three steps. Well, the American game, that's a travel. That's a violation. But they did it time and time and time again. And is that part of the international rules that you can walk with the ball uh, after a dead ball like that? Apparently so. Apparently you can do there was one play, I think it was Anthony Black scored and the uh, opposing uh, defender tried to push the ball back up through the net and up through yeah. the rim. And, yeah. Uh, of course, you can goaltend, well, what would we we would call goaltending here in international play when the ball's on the rim. If it, if, if, if it hasn't gone into the cylinder, you can, you can play it off the rim and it's not a goaltend, but you certainly can't once it's gone through the cylinder. Uh, you know, and I feel like teams from the United States a lot of times in these international competitions, FIBA, uh, they, they have a hard time with the traveling call, adjusting to that, and they also struggle with the, what physicality they can get away with. And this was one of those games where it seemed like, you know, Arkansas got a lot of a lot of whistles coming its way on contact, um, and, and then the refs kind of picked and choose when to call the contact fouls on the on the what I'll call the home team. Uh, uh, but anyway, I mean, you got to overcome officiating. Arkansas did. Um, you know, fans are probably a little disappointed after a 49-point win to to you know fall behind, trail after a quarter, and then really not put a team away. You know, a 13-point win. Uh, you know, uh, a win is a win, but at the same time, it it wasn't pretty. And all you have to do is gauge the performance by the head coach. You. you you see how he reacted to it after the game. We know Musman's fiery um, and, and, you know, is not afraid to let his emotions wear out on his sleeve. And so we know how he felt about it. So taking his cue, we know Arkansas didn't have its best game. Do you think this yeah, will be, sure. uh, you think the officiating will um, motivate them to more appreciate the SEC officials? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I doubt it, Rick. Because, because this will be forgotten by then, and, and if oh, they no. if they hit it, you know you know how that is. I know you're being I know you're being facetious, but look, yeah. one thing you can't do at this point uh, is is you know you got two more games over there. You, you yeah. shift over to Italy. And the yeah. last thing you want to do is dwell on this. I mean, it doesn't count right. anyway. You want it. That's right. Mussman's going to dwell on it. I promise you, they're going to break down stuff for these players. Yeah. To learn from it, but but they're going to put together a plan going forward. They're not going to sulk about this, and 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 you know they'll they'll put it behind them and they'll use it. Uh, we'll see they'll if they bounce it. back in their actual next performance. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah. see if there's some, you know some of this you know sloppiness is, carries over. You have to remember eleven newcomers and last year's team. We talk about it so much. Top fifteen coming to the season won its first what eight or nine games, moved into the top ten. They never looked good in that winning stretch. They they mm-hmm. struggled a lot. They didn't look cohesive, either in the floor, uh, and then they got they lost a couple of games and fell out of those rankings, tumbled all the way out, and that 
rough stretch to start SEC play after losing to Oklahoma and Hofstra in back-to-back games. Uh, but they figured it out. And so, yeah, it's concerning, but it's just August. It's 11 newcomers. Musman's going to complain about it, uh, but he'll get it right. Don't you think – I mean, I know we're almost through with this segment. Don't you think he didn't mind this at all? I mean, what did he want, four routes? I mean, th- this is much better for coaching a, a team of newcomers than it is if they went over there and won every game by 50 points. I agree. You have to have some adversity to get better. Exactly. Um, if you're always – you know, and, and the other thing is, Rick, I think it's – I don't think he likes I, – I think I don't think – you know, he's going to react after a game because – uh, he's not pleased with it happened, but there are things that he is happy about. His team facing adversity. Fans and parents and everybody involved here can now see that this is not going to just be a walk in the park. So it takes a little bit of pressure off them to seem perfect uh, with all these five stars and all their accolades. So it helps them show everybody, look, we've got work to do. Kevin, we'll talk with you next week. Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoops. Thanks, guys.